0: Hi, I'm Jillian, and this is another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. This is really exciting because I am trying to do something new, which is broadcast live on Instagram while I am recording this podcast. And so I am going to be using my notes here. I'm also going to have hopefully some people asking some amazing questions over on Instagram live. Um, But before we hop in, I just want to mention that my inbox is always open. So if you have been listening to some of the Bite Size Nutrition episodes and you want to connect with me, or maybe you want to learn more about how you can work with me, send me a message. Um, I always link my email and my Instagram in the show notes. So if you want to hop into just slide in my DMs and come say hello um, or set up a call, I'm happy to do that. So I am taking on a couple new one-on-one clients right now. And I also have spots available if you want to be one of the first to go in, to go through My new course. And it's a course that I put together to help you simplify meal planning and make it so easy that really there's no excuse not to stick with it. And it's also going to teach you how to break away from mindless snacking and stress eating. Planning ahead is really helpful for those things and also help you improve your time management and boundaries so that eating well isn't an afterthought, even when life is a little bit crazy. So I work a lot with busy women that try to create structure with their nutrition. And this is a course that's going to teach you how to do that. So with that, Let's dig in to something that I think is a little bit of a touchy subject, and it's also something that has happened to every single one of the clients I've ever worked with at some point and personally was a huge issue for me when I was stuck in my super strict dieting period of life. And so if you don't know much about the super strict dieting period of life, I do speak about it on an earlier episode and also over on the Be Well Cartel, which is my other podcast. And I'll probably do an episode on, on this podcast about it at some point. The issue that we're going to be talking about today is food guilt. And we're going to talk a little bit about food guilt. We're going to talk a little bit about food shame. And I want to actually discuss how guilt can actually be quite useful, but We want to make sure that what you are experiencing is actually guilt and not shame. And that said, it's really important that we make a big distinction here. There is a big difference between food guilt and food shame. And Brene Brown, who I talk about all the time on this podcast, she's fantastic. She says this perfectly. Guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. So if you are feeling like you are the problem when it comes to food, that's not the same as food guilt. And if this is a little bit confusing, I'm going to give you an example. So food guilt might be you eat too quickly, you end up super stuffed after a meal. You might feel guilt because you ate too quickly or you ate too much. You might feel guilty about not eating more slowly or maybe not putting your fork and knife down between bites or maybe for eating so much bread before you got started on your main dish. Food shame, on the other hand, might be eating too quickly and ending up super stuffed after a meal. You, feel guilt, you might feel guilt for eating so quickly or so much, but you, you also have this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm constantly self-sabotaging my, myself. I'm such a failure. I'm never going to reach my goals. And you feel shame over your struggles to control what you eat or for your lack of willpower when it comes to the bread, for example. And so in one one situation, it's the same situation, but in one situation, you've identified what happened and why it doesn't align with your goals. In the other situation, you end up attacking your own character. And so if you're not sure which one of these situations pops up for you most often, think about what your self-talk sounds like in a situation like that. So maybe you've overeaten, maybe you've snacked on something and and you didn't plan on it. Think about what your self-talk sounds like. Do you feel guilt for the behavior that that you did or the action that that you took? Or do you notice that your self-talk and shame is directed towards your personal attributes or who you are as an individual? So hopefully you can identify the difference between the two. Guilt can indicate a behavior that you might want to change, a situation that perhaps didn't pan out how you wanted it to. And guilt can actually be helpful for helping you adjust for the future. However, shame runs very deep. Food shame isn't actually about the food or about the behavior. The way I see it, it's about reflecting on your expectations of yourself, your self-beliefs, and how you view failure. You may have spent years believing that your issues with eating a certain way or maintaining a certain body size are actually personal failings. And so maybe you attach your worth to your ability to resist eating a cookie or to how many workouts you got, on, got in this week. Maybe you feel good about yourself when you eat in a way that fits into that healthy bucket, or you feel bad about yourself when you don't eat that way. And just to reiterate, guilt can potentially be helpful in these situations because guilt can indicate to you a behavior that doesn't fit in with your values and goals. Guilt can give you an informa- give you information about what you don't want to do for next time. Whereas guilt, like failure, and if you're confused about how failure can be helpful, please go back and listen to, I believe it's episode, I want to say it's episode five. I will link it in the show notes. But failure and guilt can both be productive depending on how you perceive them. And so I want to give you another example here. I love examples. That's like, I think, personally, I find examples incredibly helpful. And if you're listening to this podcast and you also find examples incredibly helpful, let me know. If you don't find them helpful, also let me know. Because it's really nice for me to know what you actually want to hear. So I did see, uh, as I'm recording this on Instagram Live, I did see a question come through. And so I will answer that question as soon as I'm done with this recording. So hang in there, and I will definitely answer that for you. And so let's go with another example. You're working on being more consistent with your vegetable intake, for example. And for some reason, this week, you end up not making it to the grocery store. By the time Wednesday rolls around, you've got absolutely nothing left in the fridge, and so you end up ordering takeout for both lunch and dinner. You might feel the shame coming on before you've even started eating, and it tells you you failed. You might as well completely give up on this week, because clearly you're terrible at the whole healthy eating thing, so why even bother? However, if you're dealing with food guilt, the self-talk might look different. You might feel a little guilty that you didn't make the time to go to the grocery store. And and maybe as you're ordering the takeout, it doesn't sit quite right with you. You might feel guilty for not sticking with what you said you would do and for not planning ahead. You might feel guilty for doing something that doesn't align with your goals and values. But it's just takeout. And so you know that even with that guilt, You can still make time to go to the store tomorrow or later today. You haven't ruined your progress at all. But if you're stuck in that shame spiral, it's really hard to see what behaviors you can take charge of and change. You might also avoid communicating with others about how you feel. And that makes that shame spiral grow. You might feel like you're stuck. And when it comes to food, the shame spiral actually usually ends up leading to more of the behaviors that you're trying to avoid. And so with this, it might kind of seem like I'm advocating for food guilt might seem like I'm telling like, Hey, everyone, like, don't feel shame about your eating habits or choices, but like guilt, like that's totally cool. And that is not what I'm saying. My personal opinion here is that neither guilt nor shame are great ways to build a good relationship with food. But that said, if you're working on making changes to how you eat, if you're noticing that some of your habits aren't working for you, or if you're just in a learning process, which hopefully we all are in some sort of learning process. Guilt can give you a helpful indicator of where you might want to take action. And honestly, I wish it was that easy. I wish it was that easy that we could just say like, well, you know, I noticed the guilt here. This is indicating something I want to change and I'm going to change it. But when we're talking about food, things get really complicated. I can open up Instagram literally any day of the week and find at least 10 people talking about what you quote unquote should be eating to lose weight. And about their skinny teas, about their keto lifestyle, about their cauliflower pizzas, their low calorie everything, and just virtue signal- signaling all over the place. And the, you know these women on Instagram and men as well, really anyone on Instagram, they they share this with us while flaunting their societally celebrity their societally celebrated bodies, often in outfits that you sigh and you're like, oh god, I wish I could wear that, and this is all built on these crazy cultural expectations. And what happens from there is we start to create a story around what we as well should be eating in order to have a body that fits the standard. And when we don't find that our bodies fall into this bucket, and when we're not abiding by quote unquote, the rules, then guilt and shame start to take over. So I want you to take a moment and actually think about this. Who told you that you can't eat chocolate every day? Who told you that processed food is bad? Who told you that you have to healthify every baked good that you bake or eat? Who told you that more than half a banana is too many carbs? And for me, my food shame and a lot of these beliefs that I held around food, personally, they came from my dad. Don't get me wrong. I love my father very much and we have a great relationship but honestly, most of our parents had no idea that the way that they spoke about food and bodies created so much shame. Sugar, in my, in, when I was a kid, sugar was so highly demonized that I remember my dad losing it because I had stayed over at a friend's house and my friend's mom had let us eat ice cream for breakfast, which I think is like a fairly normal thing for kids to do every once in a while. And he lost it. I also remember comments when I was younger about my weight, and I remember being put on a diet by my horseback riding coach when I was literally 10 years old. So basically, my knowledge about food, eating, and what was actually okay was all based on shame. I felt like there was something wrong with me for looking a certain way or for wanting to eat all of the delicious snacks that technically I, quote unquote, wasn't allowed. And so if this hits home for you, I totally get it. Moving past food shame takes a lot of unlearning and self-exploration. It takes communication with yourself and with others. Again, I'm going to quote Brene Brown again, just because you know I love her. If you've been listening to the Bite Size Nutrition podcast, you know I talk about her a lot. But she she says that shame lives in the dark. And she's so right. The less that we expose shame and, and the way that we feel about food in our bodies, the more that it festers and the more lonely it can feel to live with that shame. And a big part of moving away from food shame comes from understanding your core values. What is important to me as a human and why is that important? How do I want to live my life? What actions do I take daily that align with the type of person I want to be? And with all of the podcasts that I offer here, I wanted to offer a few actionable tips. But first... If you're dealing with food shame and how to unpack it, we're going to start there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how to better interpret and use food guilt productively. But before I go into that, I do want to be really clear. If your food shame or your food guilt is really heavily affecting your life, if it's part of an eating disorder or really affecting your mental health, please consider working with a mental health professional or eating disorder specialist. While yes, coaches can be incredibly helpful in many cases, it is outside of my scope of practice and any other coach's scope of practice, unless they have specific training to help you resolve mental health issues or eating disorder related problems. And one option that you have is to work with a coach and a therapist at the same time. And I got to say that honestly, some of the most successful clients I've worked with have been in therapy with me and therapy, I'm sorry, with a therapist and then working with me as a coach at the same time. And it is a joy to work with clients on both their physical health and their mindset as they work in conjunction with the therapist on their mental health. That is awesome. So with that, let's move on to some actionable tips. So for both guilt and shame... Nutrition education can be incredibly helpful and can offer a lot of agency. So basically helping you make decisions about your own body. A lot of the shame and guilt I see with my clients comes from misinformation about diet, nutrition, and healthy eating. And part of this is one of my actionable tips for working through food shame as well. When it comes to food guilt, a lot of the actionable advice that I would give you is similar to the advice that I offered in episode five when we talk about failure. So if you haven't listened to that episode and you struggle with food guilt, go back and check it out. And I'm gonna also add some some other tips in here around both shame and guilt. So first, first thing I wanna mention is it's important to unpack your sources of food shame and guilt. Where are you getting these shoulds from? Where are the rules that you've created for yourself? Where are those coming from? If it's from a family member or friend, would anything change if you actually spoke to them about it? If it's from social media, can you start unfollowing or muting accounts or intentionally looking for accounts that promote self-compassion or promote a more moderate approach to eating or promote a more diverse body shape? Also start noticing your self-talk. What you say to yourself when you feel or what do you say to yourself when you feel shame around food? For example, the next time you overeat, notice when you start to shame yourself. Maybe you notice things like, wow, I'm such a failure. I have no self-control. Can you start separating the action from the self? What did you do rather than who are you? Identify the behavior that you've done that isn't aligned with your goals and values. And this is harder to do when you're stuck in a shame spiral than it is when you're stuck in food guilt. And this is where... I'll be totally honest with you, this is where talking to a professional can be really, really helpful. For example, in the case of overeating, the behavior isn't the outcome of eating too much. It's the behaviors that lead to that outcome. This step takes a lot of practice to be able to identify what those behaviors are, but it's really, really helpful. In the case of overeating, for example, it could be that you ate too quickly, you were distracted when you ate, You were way too hungry when you started the meal, et cetera. These are the behaviors that you can look at changing because if you just say, well, I'm going to stop overeating, that doesn't actually identify the behavior that you're working on. And you can start changing these behaviors so that then they align better with your goals and they align better with your values. And the final tip that I'll give you for both guilt and shame is to start practicing self compassion. The next time you feel shame bubbling up around your food choices or actions around food, ask yourself this. What advice would I give someone I care about who was in the same situation? How would I speak to someone I love if they were experiencing what I am right now? Especially if you're a perfectionist, which is probably like 99% of my clients, I guarantee you would never speak to another person the way that you speak to yourself in your own head. One thing that I do recommend that can be really, really helpful is actually writing this stuff down. So, taking time to either, you know, a note in your phone, getting out a journal. It doesn't need to be like structured journaling, but just noting down some of these things that come up and then writing down how you would speak to someone else in that situation can be really, really helpful. And the last couple of things I'll say to you is that when it comes to shame and guilt, I want you to remind yourself that part of being human is messing up. Let that sink in. Part of being human, Is messing up. It does feel shameful when we're stuck in a never ending loop of messing up and then feeling like we aren't able to course correct. And it also feels shameful when we're putting in a ton of effort over and over again and seeing the same outcomes. And this is where often speaking with others about what you're struggling with, whether it's a friend, a family member, someone that you really care about, or even finding accounts on social media that start to bring shame out into the light can be so helpful. And Honestly, guilt, as I mentioned before, it can be helpful if you interpret it the right way. Guilt might be, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that second cupcake. It doesn't really align with my goal of fat loss right now. And that pang of guilt that, rec- that helps you recognize that can offer you the insight of what is important to you. So in this case, fat loss. And it can also indicate to you how you acted out of line with that goal, which is you ate two cupcakes. And also understanding that eating two cupcakes has no bearing on your worth as a human. I would really love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you struggle with food guilt or food shame? And if so, which one do you feel like pops up for you more often? Do you feel like any of it has to do with a lack of education? Or is it something else that that feels like driving, that is driving that guilt or shame? As I said at the beginning of this episode, my inbox is always open and I love hearing from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, give it a share on your social media with a friend or loved one. And don't forget to leave a rating or review, depending on where you listen to your podcast. Spotify, you can leave me a rating. Apple Podcast, go ahead and leave me a review as well. That would make me very, very happy. And if you have any questions about coaching or you want to set up a call, by the way, it's totally free call, no strings attached. Shoot me a message on Instagram or send me an email and let's connect. I want to say thank you so much for being here and joining me, both if you're listening on the Instagram Live. Or if you have joined me just in podcast land, thank you so much. It's been really, really incredible being able to connect with you. And I want to address a question that came up as this podcast was happening. And the question said was, I don't eat unhealthy or oily things, but I get obese very fast. And I don't think that the person that asked this question is still in the Instagram live. But what often happens, and I I hear this a lot, and I I just had a conversation with a client about this the other day, is we will say things like, oh, I don't eat unhealthy things. But we need to understand that it's not just just quality that matters, but also quantity. So we can eat very healthful foods, like health-promoting foods, very nutritious foods, and eat those in amounts that don't support a certain level of body fat. And so this is why I think, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, education is so important because often we rely on feeling like, I feel like I'm not eating very much, or I feel like I'm eating this way. And we don't necessarily have the education to look at the data of like, well, what am I actually eating? How much am I actually eating? And then being able to align that with what our goals are. So this is something where coaching can be really, really helpful. And also, unfortunately, a lot of the information on Instagram is not super helpful because some of it is either A, confusing or B, not super accurate information. Um, so yeah, that is a, is a really good question. Um, and yeah, with that, I'm out. It's dinner time over here in Spain. So thank you for being here.